0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast.
1: Thanks for checking it out, and make sure you subscribed.
0: The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show.
1: It's Monday Gun Day
2: with the Gun Guy.
0: Just watch out for the guns; they'll get down. guy and real. Stop. Calling
2: your
1: arms gun. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here, also joining us live in studio. The Gun Guy, Guy Relford, host of the Gun Guy Show uh Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor. How are you, sir?
2: I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. And now, check out their new safe room where they're selling quality. American-made safes. Check out my buddies at fortlibertyfirearms.com. Of
1: course, uh, Guy Relford, also part of the original legal team that brought the Colts to uh, yeah. from Baltimore to Indianapolis. So this maybe. is your fault. Then. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. they could hire you again and yeah. send them
2: back. Well, I mean, yeah, and and just and just to be very clear, that the, the, you know the, the commercial team uh, brought the the Colts here, but then there was litigation, and where the city of uh, Baltimore and the state of Maryland were trying to take them back. And I was on that litigation team, and uh, yeah, we ended up prevailing there, yeah. and uh, we kept them here in town.
0: How old were you? I mean, that was a big thing thrown on your lap. You were
2: pretty young, right? Yeah, well, uh, 1984 is when all that unfolded, so I would have been 27. Yeah, two years out of law school.
0: That's a big oh, yeah, deal. Cool. Yeah, well, um, I was
2: a rookie on this. I mean, believe me, whenever I talk to you guys, I grossly exaggerate my involvement. <laughs> you are you know, involved? Because it, it makes me feel important. Right. But, no, I was a rookie, young lawyer. I was a junior guy. I mean, I, I probably did uh, more to, like, get the senior partner's coffee, you know, than uh, any other real involvement. But
0: Five years from now, the story's going to be Guy Wilford was driving the Mayflower Yeah, man, no <laughs> Giving Although, a middle finger in the air to the city of Baltimore. No, <laughs> I got to
2: tell you, I was in the office because the the call from bob ursay to his new neighbor in carmel the uh the uh president of mayflower that office that 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 call i should say came from our offices at then bingham summers welsh and spillman i was i was there when that call was made
1: did they even have a chance to keep the colts in baltimore i mean was there even like the team obviously didn't want to be there but you're going to force them to stay that was the Well, I think the strategy,
2: it's a great question, Naj. I think the strategy was to just tie them up in litigation so long that they just give up and say, screw it, we can't, we can't, Not be in business. We can't not have a season. So okay, if we got to play in Baltimore, we'll play in Baltimore. Um, But it was it was a great time. And people misunderstand that move. And you you guys and I, it's been several years, but you guys and I have talked about this. Where the idea was not that we're going to sneak out in the middle of the night to get away from the Baltimore fans, so the fans don't see us leaving. It was because the Maryland legislature was meeting the next day to pass emergency legislation that would allow the state of Maryland to seize the assets of the Baltimore Colts, including their NFL charter, and actually seize those, keep them in Maryland. And because they were going to pass that emergency legislation the next day, the idea was, well, what if there's nothing left in Maryland for them to seize? And that's when the call went from Bobber, say, to the head of, of Mayflower and said, how many trucks can you get to Baltimore tonight, and the guy literally said, "Hold on," was on the phone for a while, came back and said, "23," said, "Send them." So the idea was not to sneak out on the fans or you know the citizens of Baltimore. It was to get the physical assets of the Colts out of the city of, Mar- of away Baltimore from all those before of, they seized uh, yeah. them, and what w- would have been turned uh, turned around as unconstitutional at the end of the day. But that, that they didn't care; they just wanted to tie things up in litigation so that so the Colts and the city of Indianapolis gave up
1: that's a fascinating so behind strange. the scenes right there that you know, they were so authoritarian there in uh in baltimore that, oh I mean, yeah that's well, that's that, really that but that's the next level we're gonna seize your assets to make sure you can't go sure. as law. i mean that's crazy. absolutely
2: yeah and it was under the law of what they call eminent domain like you can seize somebody's yard if you're building a highway that's what they were going to try to do but they had to expand the Maryland statute to apply to a football team or something like a football team right. or else they, they couldn't have done it. So that's what they were going to do the next. So day. that's
0: why it was the middle of the night. Time was a factor. We got to load up. We got to get out. They
2: were going to do it the very next day. And I'll guarantee you there would have been Maryland state troopers right there at the Colts complex, seizing those assets. If the, if the Colts hadn't got the hell out of Dodge. And so that's what was going on. And whenever I see that, you know, every now and then it pops up on ESPN, you know, the Mayflower trucks and the yeah. snow, right. you know, and and there's like four. Or five Baltimore fans standing at the gate crying, and and they they always make it look like the Colts were sneaking out of town. That's not what that was about, and I always want to correct that record whenever I have a chance.
0: Guy Relford with us, 2A attorney and host of the Gun Guy Show here on 93WIBC. I was listening to your program this past weekend, and you brought a subject up that I had never thought about, but I thought was really interesting. So let's say you're getting ready to get on the plane, and you're going to fly somewhere. You have checked your luggage, you've checked your firearm you're going to a state that has the same laws as you're coming from right Uh you're going from a two-way place to another friendly two a place but what if there's some sort of malfunction with the plane what if you have to make an emergency (laughs) landing what if you have some sort of emergency layover in a state that does not have the same type of laws what can you do with your weapon in regards to the airport yeah well first of all i'm knocked out you were listening to my show i mean i tune in that's that's high praise jason
2: hammer was listening <laughs> to my show I, i'm well i'm knocked out that's you and my mom i know there's two i, I know <laughs> no, there's my at least old two man out i my old
1: man you met my dad he's oh, he yeah. loves you yeah oh, no no me.
2: that's all well no i mean all serious that's awesome but yeah and this has happened this is not a hypothetical and what we're talking about is okay and this here let me give you a real case guy who's a u.s marine Uh, retired, gets on an airplane in Minnesota, and he's going to Pennsylvania. He can legally have his handgun in Minnesota. He can legally have it in Pennsylvania. He gets on the airplane. He's flying down there. He gets a bunch of weather. And so they divert his plane. It's a late-night plane anyway, late-night flight. They divert him to Newark in New Jersey. Oh, boy. And it's it's a late flight in. They go, hey, there's no more flights out, so we're going to put you up in the Newark airport. They, and they say, oh, and by the way, since we're going to put you up in the Newark Airport in the or airport hotel, we're going to give you your luggage back so you have your toiletries and change of clothes and yada. So everybody gets their luggage. He goes to the airport hotel, comes back the next day, and the process is you have to check your, your, you have to declare your unloaded firearm in your checked bags. And there's a whole process for doing this, and that's exactly what I was talking about uh, on my show on Saturday. Guy comes in, he, as far as he knows, everything's cool and lawful, and he's, Following all the rules, he says, I need to declare an unloaded firearm in my check bag in Newark. There's a cop standing right there and says, well, I need to see your New Jersey license to carry handgun. He said, well, I don't have one of those.
0: I'm not from New Jersey. I'm not from
2: New Jersey. I'm on a layover. And New Jersey doesn't recognize any other state's license. He goes, well, I have a Pennsylvania license, and I was in Minnesota, and I was flying in, and I didn't want to be in New Jersey. I got diverted. Weather and my airline sent me to New Jersey. I'm here against my will. I don't want to be here. <laughs> They arrested him and they put him in jail. And he was looking at two years in federal prison, excuse me, New Jersey prison, um, because he had a, a handgun in New Jersey without a license. This has happened in New York. Uh, it's happened in California. And guess what? When they get confronted, when the authorities, whether it's the prosecutor's office and the attorney general's office, when they get it confronted about how unfair this is, they, they, they're proud of it. Places like New Jersey and New York and Connecticut and Maryland and California, they will look you dead in the eye and go, don't bring your damn handgun to New Jersey because we'll put you in jail. And they mean it. And that's exactly the kind of crap we're dealing with on the two-way I front didn't right want to
0: be in New Jersey. It's literally listed number 50 on the states that I would prefer to be in right, right now. Exactly. And literally,
1: pe- the r- radical DAs and prosecutors in these places will let repeat violent offenders go yes. without any, right. well, even having to pay bail. Meanwhile, a responsible gun owner who got diverted ha- is under threat of being incarcerated for two years. Wow! Yeah.
0: And they're proud of it. And, and 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 so, do you just leave your luggage there and just let it rotate on the
2: carousel? What do you do? Well, that's a great question. The answer is is, and I've thought about this because I travel with firearms a lot. I just did it what, a week ago, Um, and I've done it dozens of times, and that is when you land and they say, well, we're going to give you your bag back since you're stuck in New Jersey or wherever it happens to be, you say, no, thank you. You you keep my bag. You send it to the baggage office, and for my flight the next day, you put it back right back on the airplane. I'm not touching that bag as long as there's a gun in it. And then you go to the airport gift shop, get yourself some, you know some mouthwash and some toothpaste, and do the best you can. But man,
0: that sucks. It has to be that way. Like you have all the stuff you need for a night. You know your clothes, your change of clothes, all that kind of stuff. You're doing everything legally by the law that is in your state, you get sent somewhere against your will, and now you can't even get your luggage out.
2: No, it's exactly right, Jason, but that's the struggle. See, when, 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 when as a law-abiding gun owner, this is one of the reasons I formed the Two-Way Project, a- a- as a law-abiding gun owner in several places in this country, you're the enemy. You're the enemy simply because you're exercising a right that these people despise. They wish it was never in the Second Amendment. They wish it was never in the Constitution. They wish you didn't have that right, and they will punish you. And, and, and under the full weight of their government and put you in prison simply because you're exercising a right that they despise. And if you don't, I mean, not you, but if people out there don't get that, you're naive because that's exactly the fight we're fighting right now.
0: Got a couple of minutes left here. Do we have any sort of update on this credit card uh, situation where they're tracking gun purchases? We talked about this uh, last week a little bit to where some of these credit card companies are now, looking at what you purchase, and if it's anything firearms-related, they're going full Big Brother on you. Yeah, there's a new
2: code now where if you buy something, anything, could be ammunition, could be a, sh- a T-shirt, you buy something at a gun store, that's getting uh, a, a code assigned to it that tells the credit card company that you bought whatever it is and spent X amount of money at a gun store. And what 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 really, in talking to some gun store owners, see, we've had a, a long, ongoing, and you guys and I have talked about this, We've had an ongoing problem with credit card companies and banks and financial institutions discriminating against the gun related industry in other words you're a gun store I've had it happen to me as an instructor or a guy selling a book on gun safety right I wrote I I, I sell gun safety and cleaning for dummies I've had credit card companies refuse to process my credit card transactions because wow. they're going oh that promotes gun violence it's a book on gun safety it's <laughs> a gun, you gun safety moron. book oh, what are you talking about <laughs> but goods and and what we really think this is is leading up to an effort by the credit card industry at least some of them to say if that code comes across on the approval process right when you put your credit card in it goes in it gets declined or it gets approved they're going to say gun store declined and it's going to have a major impact on gun stores any business today any i don't care if you're a restaurant you know or a retail store or a gun shop how are you going to survive if you can't take credit and debit cards and i think that's the end game here i think the credit card industry in conjunction with uh, anti-two-way advocates out there, including politicians, are going to eventually use this system to simply decline to take credit card payments from gun stores or to gun stores to try to put them out of business. That's the backdoor attack on the Second Amendment that we're looking at right now.
0: If anybody has any questions for you or they want to have you address something on your show, how do they do that? Uh, best way is
2: RelfordLaw.com. Just go to RelfordLaw.com. All my contact information is right there, and uh, we'll take care
0: of you. Guy, thank you. Always pl- a pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.